Hello and welcome to E3, Energy and Efficiency with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mottram. This podcast is all about architecture, building science, and female entrepreneurship. So prepare to get nerdy. back to the show guys I just want to say that today we are going to hop into another building science short I don't know if you guys like these but I like to throw them in there because everyone's busy and so you don't always have an hour or an hour and a half to listen to a long podcast but I've had some amazing guests so I'm not going to apologize for the long podcasts either however today's podcast is actually going to be about healthy buildings because I want to first promote the book that we're reading on the BS and Beer show, which is actually called Healthy Buildings, and encourage you to go out, buy this book, read along, and join us on December 17th to have a full discussion on the book for book club. You'll probably see some other shorts on Instagram from those of us who are currently reading it. Um, Kylie, Mike, and Travis and I are currently reading this book. But not only did we pick this book because it was an incredibly important topic, but I just started reading it and I'm already sitting at the table going, yeah, yes, yes, that's what we need. So I thought it was really critically important to talk about healthy buildings. And it's a topic that we've covered on the podcast I've talked with, you know, Nikki about dehumidification, but I'm wondering if the whole gloss over of the topic is missing. So in the building science world, we've talked a lot about energy. We've talked a lot about carbon drawdown. We've talked about operational energy and embodied energy. And one of the things that we haven't talked about a lot and is critically important is the health of the indoor air in our buildings. So today's Building Science Short is going to be about healthy buildings. So what do I mean when I say healthy buildings? Um, We've talked a lot, especially recently with all of the wildfires about air quality. And we saw um, anybody who was really interested in climate change that, you know, when COVID first happened and everything shut down, the air quality improved dramatically in the Los Angeles area and China. And so we think air quality, outdoor air. But what we haven't been talking about is indoor air quality. And this is something that happens frequently. Um, I actually did an Energy Star building with a friend of mine who's a mechanical contractor. And what we were trying to do was get a building approved for Energy Star. They had put a beautiful solar array on the roof. They were doing all the right things. But as part of that evaluation, we monitor the mechanical system and the indoor air quality. And what we were finding was that the ventilation rate for the occupants of this office building was not where it should be. And it took us a really long time working with my consultant and the mechanical contractor to get the air balanced to have proper ventilation into these spaces. And that was us trying to get it approved for Energy Star and a building owner who was really interested in that. However, We don't find that that's the case. I mean, how many people have been to a conference and you're feeling exhausted and tired, you're sitting in a room with 100 other people, and you aren't realizing that potentially the carbon dioxide levels are really high, which is making you sleepy. Um, If you've listened to the podcast, you heard me talk a little bit about 
how I was having headaches and eye irritation and, you know, exhaustion in my office here at home. And I decided to get my air quality monitor out, just thinking like, oh, I'm sure it's just COVID, not exercising, eating poorly, not drinking enough water, only to find out that I was having a big issue in my home office with both carbon dioxide with the door closed and also with VOCs in my office. And that's me being a energy auditor, building science professional, an architect who's extremely interested in, you know, healthy buildings, carbon drawdown, and, you know, high performance, getting off of fossil fuels and knew the danger of all that finally waking up and saying, oh, maybe there's an issue here. So, you know, what's happening with the average homeowner or average building owner who isn't understanding the indoor air quality of their building? So I'm reading this book, Healthy Buildings, by uh, Mae Comber and Allen. And the first chapter is who we are and why we should care. And in the first chapter, they launch into um, both the economics of building healthy buildings, but also um, the science related to it. And they talk a lot about hospitals and outbreaks of Legionnaires disease and how their operating budget didn't have what they needed to put into place something that would cause a Legionnaire outbreak to never happen again. Because Settlements when someone gets sick is handled by the insurance company and not by the operations department. And it was really interesting to think hospitals, this one place where you think you go to get better, to get treated, wasn't looking at their buildings with thought towards the building causing sickness. And if you, now that's an extreme example with the hospital, but if you take a look at everyone that is home now or working from home in uh, this current environment of COVID, and you've seen the articles come out, if you haven't seen it, check out Allison Bale's article with the box fans and the filters and having people in your home and filtering for, you know, the COVID droplets for to, to feel more safe and sound having people in your homes. Um, but people are starting to think more about indoor air quality as it relates to this virus, but they haven't been talking about the other indoor air quality issues that they probably had prior to COVID-19, but it's bringing this topic to light and it's really critically important. So, you know, part of the reason why um, energy efficient buildings got such a hard time in the 70s was because they created sick building syndrome. They had figured out that they needed to insulate and tighten up their buildings to improve on the energy efficiency, but they didn't think quite about how that would change the dynamics of the building. So your house is a system. So when you change one part, it affects other parts. And so they ended up trapping moisture within the structures and creating mold problems. And so you've probably heard on the podcast, you've heard the Unbuild It guys talk about it, where, you know, controlling moisture is one of the most important things you can do. And that's for both the durability of your structure and the healthy indoor quality uh, of you living then in that structure or working in that structure and that environment. And so healthy buildings and how we 
both build our buildings and how we live and work in our buildings has a major impact on our health, on us transitioning from our caveman society where we were mostly outside hunters and gatherers came home to the shelter at night to a fully indoor society where we spend 90% of our time indoors and not that much time outdoors. So what does the indoor environment in our spaces, home, work, office, wherever you might go, affect you? And they've done studies on lighting, air quality, performance testing, and how it's actually an asset to you to provide healthy buildings for your workers and to provide healthy homes for the people who live and work for home home. So as we're talking healthy buildings, what does that mean? So here are a few other chapters that are in this book. Uh, Who we are and why you should care. Chapter two, the global mega changes shaping our world and our buildings and us. Three, why we're ignoring the 90%. Four, putting buildings to work for you. Five, creating and capturing value. How are we adding value to our lives through our buildings and healthy buildings for that? Chapter six, the nine foundations of healthy buildings. Chapter seven, our global chemical experiment, which I can't wait to dive into that one. Um, If you've listened to the podcast at all, you know that I'm constantly questioning why uh, why we moved to such a chemical-based society. Um, Healthy building certification systems, moving from KPI, key performance indicators, to HPI, which is health performance indicators. And there's a really cool chart that they're using in there that talks about illness trends, number of sick days, medical costs, healthcare costs, um, water quality, lighting, ventilation, temperature, um, and how those are indirect and direct or lagging and leading um, before the fact or after impacting of those structures. So I'm super excited to read more into that chapter. Um, Beyond the four walls and what now and what's next conclusions buildings business health and wealth so how do we take our buildings and understand um preventative health through our buildings and in the first chapter he talks about uh betsy devos uh talking about how we need to be educating our students and not spending money on our buildings and there are actually direct correlations between healthy buildings and the performance of our students in those buildings. So we certainly can't look at a subject without considering all the other impacts. And we have been pushing along and building more and more bad buildings, and we need to go back and take a look at those and the factors that go into it so that we can be proactive about our health instead of reactive to our health when we have health crisis or, you know, a world pandemic like we're having right now. So anyway, I just wanted to bring up because BSM Beer is reading this healthy buildings, but also because I think it's a key part in building science that we don't talk enough about mechanical and ventilation and how those strategies need to be part of building actual healthy, durable buildings for us, for future generations to impact climate change and to impact our overall health and healthcare system. So thanks for tuning in again to the podcast. This was a short one this week. There are some great conferences coming up, the Maine Indoor Air Quality Conference, the Passive House Maine Conference, the Fine Home Building Summit. I will put links to all of those in the show notes as well as a link to this book, the Healthy Buildings book that I'm reading. 
So if you're interested in this topic, you can get more into it. It's something that I'm really interested in as I get more and more into building science. I learn so much more originally. We just looked at operational energy. We didn't take into account the materials we were using. Um, always as an architect and builder, the first thing you should learn about durability is water management. So you don't hear a lot of people talking about water management. Um, but so water management, energy efficiency, then taking a step back and saying, wait, where are materials coming from? What's the life cycle of this? How does it get recycled? Does it live in the landfill? How did we end up with so much plastics? If you didn't read um, Bruce King's book with us previously, you should go back and take a look at uh, Bruce King's book that we just read on the BS and Beer show, where we talked about you know carbon offsetting, natural materials, what can we use there? Um, and now just taking it one step further to talk about healthy building. If you're enjoying the podcast, like and share on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or leave me a comment on the website. And if there's somebody you'd like to hear from or you'd like me to have on the podcast, send me an email, emily at matramarch.com. Otherwise, have a fantastic weekend and we'll see you again next week.